0: Welcome to The Female CEO Show. I'm your host, Courtney Quinn. I'm a corporate dropout turned serial entrepreneur with a passion for helping female business owners step into your power and reach your full potential in business and in life. I'm on a mission to empower more women to become their own boss while teaching them how to do it in a healthy, scalable way that supports your dream life so that you're running a business and not owning a business that runs you. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur, or you're still toying with the idea of diving into your own business, you're in the right place if you're looking for tools to support you as you are navigating the world of entrepreneurship as a woman, because I'm going to get real with you on how to do so. Let's dive in to today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of the Female CEO Show. Today we are joined by Christy Bowie. Christy is a CPA and fractional CFO who empowers creative entrepreneurs to grow their business by taking away the stress of finances and creating strategic plans to scale. How wonderful does that sound? After working at a big four accounting firm with some of the world's largest companies, Christy realized the power and necessity of Proactive financial planning to help businesses grow. Since then, she has launched her own firm, which focuses on just that. She offers varying levels of service, which include financial forecasting, planning to hire new team members, cash management, profitability analysis, as well as bookkeeping and tax plans to pay the IRS less of your money. Sign us all up, Christy. She also hosts a podcast called The CEO Wing Woman, where she brings on guests to discuss important topics about scaling large business. Christy's goal is to help you feel empowered as a business owner and get back to being the CEO instead of stressing about details, which I absolutely love. And Christy is going to be giving away a free business blueprint session at the end of this episode. So stay tuned for details on how you can enter that. That is going to be so amazing. And with that, Christy, hello. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited to have you and especially with the timing of this episode coming out a couple months ahead of that, ta- that like you know tax season that tax deadline for the year I feel like this is such a potent and important conversation to be having right now um and something that I feel like a lot of us need to hear I feel like So many of us, like we get into business, like and I was actually just thinking about this this morning, like we get into business and then there are just so many things that snowball on top of that and so many extra hats that you have to wear and, you know, like managing the finances and taxes and all of that is one of them that I particularly do not enjoy. So I'm really excited. (laughs) This
1: month I have had four times the inquiries I normally do because people are like oh my gosh it's time so yeah let that be your little push for um reaching out to someone ahead of time definitely I'm booked like two to three months out right now so oh just a little like put that out there if you want to work with a professional start thinking
0: like in the off season about it great advice yeah reach out <laughs> reach out right now because um <laughs> you totally just called me out about like pushing it under <laughs> the rug you said that and I was like oh Oh, that's totally me.
1: <laughs> Does it come up like in your fears at night? Because that's what happens to me. It's like mm. I'll be going to sleep and it's like, oh, I didn't do that thing. And then it's like, oh, I'm not gonna worry about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. And then you think of it when you're falling asleep, and then you're like, oh, mm-hmm. totally remember to do that in the morning. And you never do. Yes. And then you just keep thinking about it like every night when you go to bed. <laughs> yes. Um, that definitely happens. That definitely <laughs> happens to me. So <laughs> tell us, like, I'd love to know a little bit about your story, kind of how you got here, you know, what your experience in big four public accounting looked like. Tell us, Mm -hmm. tell us all of the things and how you have your own business now. Give us the juice.
1: Totally. Um, Okay. So I basically, uh, in undergrad, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I thought I was going to go to like some sort of med school and I was like, no, <laughs> uh, fine, mm. I I played, so that didn't go well. <laughs> um, and I was at a college with like a really good big business school and they're like, we have a really good accounting program. And I was like, sure. And everybody around me told me like, okay, accounting is a really stable job. Like you'll never not have a job in it. And at the time I was like, that's what you want, right? Like you want a guaranteed paycheck. We got to pay back these like college loans. Great. So I go into this accounting field and at my college, you're basically like put in a little, like, I don't know, like a funnel, like you do your CPA, you get your masters, and then you go to work for one of the big four. Um, so that's literally exactly what happened to me. I was just kind of thrown through this funnel. And I was basically told my whole life that it was like, if you got one of these big four jobs, like you've made it, like that's what you want to do. So I like got this big four job and I was like, great. Like I made it, this is it. I start my first busy season there and if you guys are not familiar with busy season it's like it's awful like, that's all I have to <laughs> say about that um, it's you know probably four-ish months of like 60 70 80 hour minimum weeks um, I've hit a hundred it was just really crazy and oh yeah
0: <laughs> what is that like how many how many hours a day did you have to work to hit a 100 hour a week? What?
1: Like I would have time sheets that like overlapped
0: the next day. It was like,
1: did you start at 12 a.m.? I was like, no, I kept going at 12 a.m.
0: Oh my gosh. So
1: kind of like going through that realization. And this is something I think a lot of business owners can relate to of like, oh. I got this job that was supposed to be everything I wanted and then I don't love it. Oh uh, I kind of in a quarter life crisis. I was like, oh, I did everything right. And I'm still not where I want to be. Um, so, you know, when I was there, I really, really did, I got the opportunity to work on massive companies and get to see some, you know, really cool and interesting stuff. So for the time I was there, I tried to take the education that I was learning. I mean, the benefit of working like 80 hour weeks is I feel like I got five years of experience in one year. Um, so I feel like I learned a ton and I kind of learned that there were some things going on in taxes and business and finances that as a tax preparer, I would get their information the following year and I would notice little things that was like, oh, you should have done this differently. Oh, this happened and you didn't know about that. But once the books close, you can't do anything about that. So Mm. it started like dawning on me that, okay, first of all, I don't like this job. (laughs) The position I'm in is like, I think there's more we can do with, you know, this knowledge I have. And so, um, from there, I to a financial planning firm um, that actually kind of incorporated this style that like I had envisioned in my mind like let's meet proactively let's talk about how your business is working let's use these metrics and this money to make actual decisions about the business right like it's not just let's look at it in April to file the taxes Um, and so I moved to this firm and really got introduced to this idea of like Okay, we can be proactive. But we can do all of these things. Um, and so while I was there at this firm, again, you know, I was learning so so much. I basically help business owners walk them through, um, hey, here's what's going on in your business. Okay, based on that, what is our tax liability going to be? Oh, okay, based on that, how much money do we have left over? Let's contribute that to these investments accounts, and that's going to grow our wealth. And it was just like all encompassing. Um, and you know, I-, I loved I loved what they were doing, but something in me was just like. I want to bring this to other people. Um, I also like, this is a little tangent. It was like parallel, but I was also starting my own business with a business partner at the time. And I kind of noticed the parallels between like, okay, we were starting this business, but we couldn't afford the level of advice that my firm was offering. Mm -hmm. And I, was working with these like super high net worth individuals who got the benefit of knowing how to run their business properly because they could afford the firm I was at Mm -hmm. um and so over time I was like I just really I always say like my job was to make the rich get richer like I worked with you know high level business owners um multi-million dollar businesses and don't get me wrong I mean plenty of my clients now are like that but it was like I don't know I just felt like people had access to to me and they were benefiting through that. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to bring that level of access down to everybody um, to kind of make them successful. I felt like a lot of the things that um, I knew, like they were just things that could change a business owner's life if that was common knowledge to them. Um, So, you know, I, I really just felt this pull. And one day I was like, today's the day and i texted my husband i was like i quit today and literally oh yeah it was the whole thing um and it was just like i just felt this pull and um since then i've really been able to really define the people who i want to work with and whose lives i get to change and you know that is mostly underserved um younger female entrepreneurs particularly in creative fields. um you know that the traditional accountants are probably not paying attention to them because of any of those three qualities that I just listed. Um, So really just like bring that access and that knowledge that I had to underserved people who like I know could build phenomenal businesses. Um,
0: They just need a little support. Oh my gosh. I love (laughs) that. And I love how like you want to bring that access and how you do want to support that. Like underserved market because when i think of accountant i think of like an old white man Like <laughs> 10 it's, out like it 10 is, out of it's, 10 it's, yeah. <laughs> yes yeah. absolutely and, not and do they, like not necessarily serve these people
1: but it's not it, like if they do it's not enjoyable for people to be around like if you're intimidated and don't feel comfortable with your accountant mm-hmm. and you don't want to ask them questions like they're not actually benefiting
0: you so true Ooh, say that louder. People rewind that. <laughs> listen to that again. If you, you don't love, love your accountant. Your accountant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be friends. absolutely. I love that. And so let's rewind a little bit back to your big four experience, because you absolutely like you cracked me up and you stole all of the words <laughs> out of my mouth. So I was also in public accounting. Um, right out of college. Same thing. Like, this was it. This was the dream job. I was set up. Everyone was, like, so proud of me. And my classmates were, like, jealous of me. Like, it was such a big deal. And then I get in there and I'm like, uh, no, uh, no, 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 no. Like, this is not good. And, oh, God, it was terrible. But then you said <laughs> that you had a quarter-life crisis. And I say that all of the time. That <laughs> that was, like, my quarter-life was, like, crisis. I was done. Yes. <laughs> It was ridiculous. I was just like the shell of a human being. My mental health was so terrible from mm-hmm. being in that like really rigorous kind of corporate setting. Like my hours were nowhere near 100 hour weeks like you. That's, in- that's insane. Well, and that it's is like, so crazy. And it's too.
1: Like people are yeah. like, I worked 97 hours. And like that's like the like, – you were proud of how many hours you worked and like just being like this week I probably have worked the most since I opened my own firm and I was like I'm not proud of that like I don't know just seeing where I've been able to come from but yeah it's just you're bred to do that
0: (laughs) the shift from like the corporate workaholic mindset to the like entrepreneur like work smarter not harder thing it's just so crazy because we did like I feel like so many people in that setting find value or like place value on themselves by being busy by working all of Mm -hmm. that time and I feel like as entrepreneurs we find value in not working (laughs) and like (laughs) oh like I I worked less and made more money than I this year than I did last year like that's a win and no you're right we had um We had something called a utilization score, and it was, Mm -hmm. like, how many hours. Oh, mine was, like, 120-something percent. I was, like, cool, great. (laughs) It was (laughs) so crazy. And then ours, they sent it out to the entire company, so you could look, you could, like, search and see what everyone's score was. (laughs) Like, why? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yes. And it was, like.
1: Been thinking, um, something that like come to me over time is like the narrative that we're fed. I don't know if like everybody feels like this is a narrative I was always told it was like the harder you work, the more successful you'll be. And so mm. that's why I was like, I'm working so, so hard because that means I'm gonna be successful one day. And like I've learned how toxic that mindset is because one, it pushes you to work harder. And then two, and I think this was the harder one for me, I did everything i did all the hard work i did the hours i did whatever and i wasn't successful and so i just kept telling Mm. myself like something's wrong with me or i'm not working hard enough and it's like the reverse
0: of that narrative is so toxic and we don't like think about that no oh the oh my gosh i love this conversation (laughs) it's so powerful it's just like it's so crazy how many people just get sucked into that and will work, like, a 60-hour week and just, like, keep going, like, it, oh, man, I could go on and on about corporate forever <laughs> and just and how toxic it was, and, like, you felt guilty for taking vacation, but mm-hmm. now we're, like, oh, like, I could just take off a random Wednesday, like, when it works yeah. out, and that is, that's no so great, it's so great, so, um, I don't want to, I, I won't harp on public accounting for <laughs> forever, uh, that's, that's in our past, so, I love how you just, like, quit your job one day. Like, tell us a little bit about, like, what was going through your mind. Like, what that looked like where you were just, like, nope, like, today's the day. I'm done. Hey, honey. Like, I'm I'm self-employed now. <laughs>
1: yes. So, it was something that, like, was in the back of my brain for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would always, like casually like mention to people like, oh I want to have my own firm one day just to kind of like feel out people's reactions. Like how do people feel about this? Like what's the vibe? <laughs> like just trying to, you know, throw that in there. And so I had it in my brain for a really long time. But um right now and when I quit, um my husband is in grad school. So he quit his job to go back to school. So mm. financially I always tell people I made the worst financial decision and I'm like, oh, yeah. um, financially <laughs> it kind of didn't make sense for me yeah. at that point. I was like, okay, I'll hold out until, you know, he is, has a job again. And you know, it, it makes sense for us. Like, and it, I just kept feeling like I had people reaching out to me, like wanting to be clients. I was turning people away because they weren't right for like my firm and I didn't have like, mm. my own, I couldn't take in my own clients at the time. So it's just like I felt like I was in this place where I was passing up opportunity by yeah. not doing it. And I like I felt that way for months. And I finally got to a point where I was like, it's literally now or never. Um and I did like stay through tax season. So like, it wasn't like I'm gone today, um, <laughs> when I left. but it was just like that decision of like, I think I just realized like, this is not, I, I'm, I could be doing so much more right now. And that's something I talk mm-hmm. about a lot. Is like, I think the biggest fear of entrepreneurs is like realizing you're not living up to your potential. And like, in that moment I was like, I have the potential to do so much more. And I feel like, I'm not doing that. And that sucks.
0: Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love how it kind of the business almost like organically came to you. I feel like that's when you're really onto something is when you do have Mm -hmm. those people reaching out, like you don't even have to like be out there pushing something or trying to sell something like they're already coming to you. But I also totally respect how you're like financially, this did not make sense. But like (laughs) mentally (laughs) like emotionally like yeah you knew that you had to do it and I feel like so many listeners can relate to that and that so often when we jump into entrepreneurship like it doesn't make sense but I feel like that is that fire under you that you need to be successful like Like, like,
1: like, literally
0: can't fail like yeah like I can't like no safety net support
1: myself like yeah yeah
0: and you make it work. And I almost feel like sometimes it's better to just, like, take that scary jump and dive all in mm-hmm. instead of being, like, halfway in, halfway out in multiple things. Yeah. Take take the scary dump, jump and you, like, you won't fail because you don't have the option to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah. and I, I did, love that. I mean,
1: like, I did, of course, I'm a logical person. So, I, like, okay, yes. I have savings to get me through yeah. a couple months. If It's, like, really going bad in eight to 10 months, I can get a job. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I wasn't just like, let the world take it. But I was like, I have to give myself a chance or I'm going to regret it. Absolutely.
0: Oh, absolutely. Especially at that age too. Like mm-hmm. this younger age when you yeah. don't have, like, you don't have little like children depending on yeah. you. Like you, it's just you. Yeah. And I've been feeling that like pressure a little bit. Like now's the time. Now's the time to do these things and to take these chances and to make the jumps and like set yourself up for a new trajectory in life as opposed to like just staying here where it's comfortable for <laughs> as long as you can. And then being, you know, older and being like, I wish I would have done something. I wish I would have taken more risks when I was younger. So take the risk, everybody. If it's on, like if it's on your heart, I feel like it's just, like it's there for a reason and it never it will never go away. So it's like, you may as well just like lean into it mm-hmm. <laughs> and go after it. So let's talk a little bit about finances in business, <laughs> how we should be like tackling this. So we're ahead of tax season right now or like that big tax deadline. So as business owners, like, what do we need to know about taxes, yeah. strategies, help us, help
1: us? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yes. So the first thing that
0: I would say as a business
1: owner is um, an LLC for your legal protection. So Mm -hmm. I'm not a lawyer. So disclaimer, I can't consult on legal entities. So an LLC is like your legal entity. What that does is it defines that entity as separate from you. So that being said, like if something were to happen in your business, nobody could take you personally to court because of Mm -hmm. that. Um that's like super high level overview, but basically it just provides you protection. So once you do have that LLC, you have to actually treat it as a separate entity. What mm-hmm. that means is hey, we don't have a personal card that we're paying business and personal expenses on and all of those things. We have a dedicated business account, and those things are entirely separate and we're operating like that. Um something I think is a really big misconception is When we go to taxes, thinking about taxes, um, saying, oh, I I file taxes as an LLC. So an LLC is actually not a tax status. I have clients who are LLCs who file taxes one way and LLCs who file taxes another way. The reason for this is because, like I said, that LLC is just that legal designation. Then the uh, default would be a sole proprietor for tax purposes. But you could be... A LLC and also be an S corporation. You could be an LLC and also be a partnership. So, when people talk about LLC taxation, that doesn't actually tell us a whole ton about taxes. Um, So, there is like the the technical terminology is a little different than like the day to day use. So, a lot of times when people say like LLC taxes, what they mean is sole proprietor. But, you know, something really big I want people to know is. If they do want to be an S corporation, we can get into, you know, why, when that's favorable later, but you are not giving up that LLC and that legal layer of protection when you do that. Um, so just something like, I always love to clarify is like the LLC is not your tax filing status. Um, Interesting. And that's, yeah, it's, it's, I always tell people it's like, when you say, when you, if you went to someone and you're like, I want like a tissue, okay. Like Kleenex, like we think Kleenex is the first thing but like, it's not necessarily. So that's the same way. Like when someone comes to me and they're like, I have an LLC, it's like, wait, well, it was probably a sole proprietor, but like, maybe not. So mm-hmm. I just love to like throw out that, you know, distinction. Um, so when, you know, as you go into tax season, it's really important for you to know what exactly your entity is. Um, how are we filing? And so mm-hmm. when we have that just plain, we filed an LLC and we haven't done anything else. What you're going to do is you're going to file as a sole proprietor. All that is, is you are filing out, filing, filling, you are filling out um, Schedule C on your personal tax return. So basically, you know, when you go in, um, whether you work with a CPA or you do it on TurboTax or whatever, there's going to be a form that is part of your personal tax return. So you aren't actually filling out a separate like business return as opposed to your personal return. It's all in one. Um, So super easy and super good to know. Um, some things that I always like for entrepreneurs to look out for is when you are a sole provider, you do owe, um, self-employment tax. So that is 15.3%, um, on top of, and it's a little more nuanced than this, but like high level, um, of that, that pass-through income from your entity and that's on top of your normal tax rate. So when we look at entrepreneurs, yeah, that's really, really high. Um, People always, you know, throw a fit about this, but to understand why that is, I was like, I I don't ever like telling people like it's this way without explaining like the meaning behind it. Um, Yeah. Bring it on. I did
0: not know this. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) So when you think about, okay, if you get a paycheck from your W-2, you get your gross and your net, right? Mm -hmm. And between that is like our social security and our medicare taxes. Um, And so- when you are a w2 employee that stuff is already taken out of your paycheck so you have your social security medicare you pay that out of your paycheck and your employer actually pays it on behalf of you as well so those two percent combined sum up to 15.3 percent. when you are an entrepreneur nobody's paying that for you and you weren't paying it throughout the year so the irs says well we still want our share so what we're going to do is we're going to tack it onto your tax return so you aren't necessarily paying like you're paying a little bit more um but the real difference is like for a w-2 person that's taken out of their paycheck so they don't feel that hit as much as an entrepreneur when you have all of that hit in april All at one time, you're like, oh my gosh, it's a lot. So really thinking about, um, you know, already we should be setting aside money for this next year and we should be preparing and knowing um, that that's coming up. So, you know, those are really the big things that we want to be knowing going into tax season.
0: Absolutely. So how much would you recommend kind of like putting away like 30%, or like should we be putting away like 45%? What does that look like? So
1: it really, really depends. And the reason for this
0: is it depends
1: on all of your other sources of income. So okay. without knowing the client's entire situation, it's hard for me to say because it is incredibly different for a single person in the state of Texas who only has this business income versus somebody married filing jointly, whose spouse is bringing in a lot of money that pushes them into a different income bracket in the state of New York where they have state taxes or something. So okay. it's the, the key thing to know is you are actually taxed on your, the aggregate of your income coming from all sources. And that's what determines your tax bracket. So we can't mm-hmm. just look at your business and say, Oh, we have this much coming in from the business. I, you know, we're in this tax bracket. That's not really how it works. That's why it really changes based on, you know, are you filing jointly? Are you, you know, in this state, super, super high level. What I would do is go to the IRS website and look at the tax brackets. So, you know, 22, 24, whatever those look like, um, add up the expected income of your household. So if it's just you, just look at what you think. If it's, you know, you, you have a spouse, you sell stocks, you have investment properties, whatever. Look at what all of that is going to be and look at what that tax bracket is. Um, then on top of that, I would add maybe 10% for uh, probably not even that much, but like 5 to 10% for that self employment tax, um, just because it's not the full 15, because you pay the 15, then you get a deduction. Again, it's very nuanced, um, but take that rate, add 5 to 10% for um, the self employment tax, and then also go look at what your state tax rate is um, and then put that aside. And that should
0: get you more than you need. Oh, that's awesome. But yes, (laughs) no, that's great. That's great. That's really, I feel like that's really good advice just to kind of prep mentally because I would so much rather put away more money than necessary Mm -hmm. and be pleasantly surprised at tax time when there's money (laughs) left over and I can give myself like a little bonus or something as opposed to being like, oh, we don't have enough saved and having to pull extra out of like my personal account or something to be able to cover it. Exactly. I I think that's something very important that likely the more like established entrepreneurs that you're working with are aware of, but those newer entrepreneurs, like please save, save for taxes, (laughs) put like make a tax account and save money. And so, if
1: your, um, like self-employment income is like the full thing you're relying on, like you don't have, you know, W-2 income, um, you should also be making payments quarterly throughout the year. Um, so putting away, you know, at each of those, so April, June, September, January, that weird date, but you, you should be putting that away. Um, basically you could, and it, like I don't say these things to scare anybody. I'm like very anti-tax scare tactics, but you could accrue like a small amount of interest um, that if you don't pay each quarter. But really the bigger reason is like, it's just easier to plan your cash flow if you do that. If you don't see the money sitting in your bank account, don't get tempted to spend it. Just send it to the IRS every quarter and your state if, if that's applicable.
0: Great point. I actually had that written down to ask you <laughs> just out of curiosity for myself, yes. but Um, so for someone who, you know, maybe they don't have a CPA yet, but they want to file taxes quarterly. How can they do that? Is that something they can do through TurboTax? Do they need to like print out some documents? What should they do? So you can literally go to,
1: um, the IRS website and create an account, um, and you can make like estimated payments. Like there's a login portal. You can say, Hey, I want to make a payment. It's going to ask the reason, um, or it's going to ask the tax year and that's going to ask the reason. So, you know, right now I would say, Hey, it's for tax year, 2022. Um, and you know, right now we're filming mid January. So payments are due January 16th. So, um, I would go in and I would say, Hey, I want to make a payment for 2022. I want it to be this estimated payment. And then you just put the amount, um, the States are a little bit different. It kind of depends on the state. Um, I and most of my clients are in Texas, so we don't have that issue, which is really nice. Um, But yeah, your state will also have something. So there are ways to do it um, electronically. That's the way I function and my firm functions because I like seeing like a confirmation that the money went through. Um, You can also print out vouchers on the Mm -hmm. state or federal websites, um, and mail those in if you prefer. But you have to like get a cashier's check and that's risky. I don't know. I don't love that. But if that's the way you like to be, you can do that as well.
0: Awesome. That's great advice. Thank you for sharing <laughs> that. So you also mentioned S Corps earlier. Yes. Let's dive into that, like LLC versus S Corp or when you should transition into an S Corp. Obviously, yes. not legal advice, but <laughs> from your from just from your point of view, because I have heard that going around and I feel like some more established businesses are like transitioning into S corps. And I've always just kind of been curious as to why and when tell us all the things.
1: Yeah. So the way that S corporation works is really that right now, you know, I told you that that 15.3 self-employment tax is hitting everything. So hypothetical hundred thousand dollars of uh, profit, easy Mm -hmm. number if that's what we're going to use. So if that's all coming through, that's all hitting that 15.3%. Now, when we have an S corporation, we basically have the ability to um, put some of that income. We actually run it through a salary for ourselves, And that's where, just like I told you in a W-2 job, when you're paying that salary, well, you as the company and you as the person who's receiving that paycheck from your company mm-hmm. are paying that Social Security and Medicare tax. So that's where you get that. But the remaining amount... Um, doesn't go through any sort of self-employment. So, you know, maybe we pay you $60,000 in salary and then $40,000 comes through. Whatever that $40,000 times the 15.3%, again, general, um, that's kind of what you're saving. So that's really the strategy here. Now, like, this isn't right for everybody because, and I say this in the nicest way possible, like, you have to be prepared to do this Like this conversion, it's not a joke and I'm not scaring you about it. Like, but you have to take it seriously. Like this is an entirely separate and in total transparency, much more expensive tax return to file. Um, Mm. It is, you are required to have good books to document this. You are required to pay yourself a reasonable salary. And, you know, that is very vague, but you have to figure out those numbers. So, you know, I generally advise people to at least have some sort of tax professional walk them through setting this system up. Um, I tend to tell people, like if you are ready to have an S corporation, you should probably be paying an accountant at that point. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm not here to push me and my services. That's not what I'm here for. I'm just here to tell you, like the savings from that can be great, but you also have to make sure it makes sense to get all these savings plus pay for all the compliance. Um, so where that kind of evens out and this really, really depends based on industry and you know, everything, but looking at about $60,000 in profit, that's where we see this kind of makes sense because if we can pay you enough that we're saving that self-employment tax, um, and you know, then we're not having, then we pay the compliance and then we're still netting positive. That's where we start looking at it. But again, you know, if you aren't ready to be diligent about I have to run myself a paycheck. I have to keep my books in good order. I have to pay for a expensive separate tax return. Then you know, you don't get to reap the benefits of this, basically.
0: Wow, okay, so that's so much more, honestly, like serious than I had expected it to be. Yeah, that was I mean, wonderful insight. <laughs> and
1: again, like I don't say it or mean to like
0: scare anybody, but like no. I have seen stuff that
1: is just like, th- the IRS does take it seriously. Like it's a whole separate tax return. And so, yeah. you know, thinking about the way that a serious company would keep their books and pay themselves the payroll and all that. And, um, you know, if, if you've missed this, if you have done something wrong, like I'm not, the be- I'm not saying like, Oh so my gosh, something bad is going to happen. Like reach out to me, reach out to a tax professional. Like we can help you fix it. Um, if you don't do it timely, if you don't do it right, like there's ways to fix it. Um, but you know, I I just want people to know that it's not something that like you see on TikTok and you make this fun election and you don't change anything else. Like there are additional steps. Um, and it's basically like the IRS in order to get this benefit, they require you to comply with these things. Like it's a trade-off.
0: Absolutely. No, I, and I don't, I don't even think it's like a, to scare you thing. But like, I don't know. I feel like the IRS is a little intimidating. Like no one wants to be audited. <laughs> no one wants to be fined. And like, right. it is something that does need to be taken seriously. And I feel like at, a po- sometimes in your business, at myself, there are times when you're <laughs> just like, oh, like, you know, like this isn't my priority right now because mm-hmm. I have a million other things on my to-do list. So if that can't be something that you can dedicate yourself to or have the finances to hire someone to handle it for you definitely mm-hmm. not the right move yeah.
1: but really and, helpful like, just to okay. kind of hey yeah like, like I, absolutely try to tell people I'm like if you aren't ready to hire someone if you aren't ready for like
0: that's okay
1: like you will be there if you want to be like there's yeah. nothing wrong with that
0: Oh, I love that. Just kind of some validation for wherever you're at in your business. Like it is, it is okay. And it's, I don't know, that's the beauty of like having your own Mm -hmm. business is you can kind of do whatever you want with it. But I think knowing those guidelines or parameters that you should be within wherever you're at is really helpful just to make sure that you are staying smart. So you don't put yourself in a bad situation. That was so interesting. I did not know any of that about escorts thank you <laughs> um, but yeah like i love how you said like if you see this on tiktok you know don't just dive into it and do that <laughs> like mm-hmm. i feel like that is so true of today's day and age because i'm pretty yeah. sure that's probably where i heard it from and i was like oh interesting <laughs> yeah, so yeah make make, great, make informed decisions like, yeah
1: there's some great <laughs> info on in there but like what i tell people like first of all it's made to be clickbaity. like they aren't necessarily trying to deceive you but like to get yeah. your views they have to be clickbaity. Absolutely. And so, like in what, how long do you have three minutes max? And nobody can explain every nuance or every situation
0: in three minutes. So like, yeah.
1: just kind of take everything you hear with a grain of salt.
0: I love that. I love that. Yeah. I feel like we are, this generation is just having to navigate such an interesting time of like mm-hmm. running your own business and having social media, having all of the opinions of others, like just the information overload. And we always hear like, you know, keep your blinders on in your business and just like stay in your lane. But when you're just being constantly bombarded with all of this information and these tips and these hacks, like it can make you feel so scatterbrained or like what you're doing isn't enough or like it's the right thing. So I appreciate, Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. I think that's (laughs) something everyone needs to be reminded of every once in a while. So how, let's talk a little bit about like budgeting, Mm -hmm. maybe like how we can prepare a budget, how we can stick to a budget. Yeah. Like what else kind of aside from taxes should we be focusing on throughout the year for finances and business?
1: So really, I would say, you know, a lot of people think of, you know, CPA as being like your point person, like people are like, Oh, you need a CPA. Like as a CPA myself, not everybody needs me. And again, I'm okay with that. My, and most CPAs, obviously I have a practice that's a little bit different than others. Um, but a lot of CPAs or a lot of tax professionals will only be focused on taxes. And again, this is incredibly different based on who you talk to, but the reason that people come to a CPA is to file your tax return. Now, If I was filing a tax return and somebody came to me and was like, can you file my tax return? Let's think about like, I need information from them, right? So I need your books, I need, you know, what you paid for, what you made, all of that. And all of that actually comes from bookkeeping. So a lot of people are really quick to jump into like, I need a CPA, I need this. And don't get me wrong, like some CPAs do bookkeeping as well. But if you were at a stage where you're like, "Uh, I don't know if I can afford a CPA at this time, but I definitely want some financial help. Start with a bookkeeper. They are someone who can help you keep track of all the transactions that come in and go out of your business. Um, and, you know, make sure that that's ready come tax time. Now, tax time is not the only time that these things are beneficial. A lot of people think you need to keep financial statements just to do your taxes, um, which don't get me wrong. Like, I need them to do taxes. But really, like these can provide us so much insight into our business and what's going on. So, you know, I work with every single one of my clients to set up financial statements in a way that like evaluates the things they want to see. So I have a client who basically is like, hey, we're doing, you know, I'm worried our advertising budget is too high. I have these two components of advertising and I'm not really sure which is paying off, but like, I wanna know. So what I do is I break down, you know, okay, we have advertising as a category of expenses, but then I make a subcategory. It's like, okay, we're advertising, you know, through Facebook and TikTok or whatever that looks like. So tracking the spending. And then we like to look at how that spending then correlates to sales in the following months. Did we see a spike in sales after we had that spending or did we not? Um, So that's a really good way. Like these are useful if you use them right. Um, Mm -hmm. The other thing is, you know, I'm sure everybody like forgets to cancel subscriptions, has people bill you, you know, when you shouldn't be. And yeah. that gets significant.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: we are constantly tracking like what's going on in the books. We're noticing, oh, that's a weird transaction. Like why am I paying for that? Or, you know, one of my clients had made a arrangement with a merchant processor to decrease his like rates on running credit cards. And so I knew what I expected that number to be. Um, and it, they, they didn't honor the rate. So I noticed, and I mean, it's like tens of thousands of dollars. That was the difference between this, you know, couple percentage rate. And mm-hmm. so had he not been keeping books regularly, like he wouldn't have noticed that he would just said, okay, I signed this contract and, and moving on. So absolutely keeping these books is a way for you to know what's going on in your business, to catch mistakes, to see things coming up. Um, and then just to know, you know, what is actually paying off in your business. Um, the other thing is, you know, whenever I start a um, budget or a spending plan, people think that the word budget is like negative. So I tend to call it a spending plan um, <laughs> because that sounds positive. I don't know, it's all these things that we have in our head about money already. Um, but when we are like creating a spending plan for the next year, well, we can't just like make that up off the top of our head, right? Like we have to know, what we actually did last year to know what's coming up this year Um, so really really looking at you know all of that and sitting down and saying okay last year every single month i spent approximately a thousand dollars on advertising so let's say that's going to happen again this year um okay last year i spent this you know here okay this year i want to add this in let's put that in and see what it does to my profitability so really like having all the numbers like it doesn't feel glamorous but like this is the root like this is the concrete base of like the house you're building Like this is mm. what you are gonna build off of um and you know if this process like with your bookkeeper or whoever you're working with like is um like anticlimactic and uneventful you're doing it right like it, like people are like well it's just number yes it should just be numbers like if something blows up or ha- like that's bad. Um, Mm. So it's a routine process and it doesn't always feel glamorous. It doesn't always feel exciting. But if you don't have the base built, if you don't know what's going on in the day to day, how in the world can we make like
0: informed decisions? Absolutely. Ooh, I love that the base, like just getting a really (laughs) solid foundation for your business. I feel like if this, like if you're not a numbers person or if this feels overwhelming or like you don't, dedicate the time to this, that that is something you should absolutely be outsourcing just to get those, Mm -hmm. you know, that second set of eyes. And like you were saying, like all of the numbers and kind of evaluating, like is this investment paying off that makes my brain go into a tailspin. Like, I don't think that's something (laughs) that I could do for myself. That's something that needs, that needs to be outsourced. But yeah, I feel like when we are like having these small businesses money and like really looking at that in depth is something that we like often kind of push off or like shove under the rug. But when you think about these big companies and these massive corporations, like they are always looking at their bottom line and they're so focused on finances and you know, that might not be the entire reason that they're profitable, but it certainly is helping because they are so like on that. And especially if you're working with, yeah, no, Focus
1: on it in a proactive way. Like people think about Mm -hmm. like, okay, I, I look at what happened in the past. But like, if you reframe your mindset around like, how can I leverage this knowledge to make more wealth? Like, how can I use this to make more decisions? I don't know. To me, that like changes it. That's why I really like brand myself as like a CFO for people. Like I'm looking at the future for you. Like I'm forecasting, like that's what
0: I think is the benefit of money, like and planning and like all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Being able to invest and like grow your business and expand. I love that the future focus, you know, not really just looking at like what happened last month and then like, okay, we'll see what happens this month. You know, really (laughs) like (laughs) helping yourself forecast for me dealing with my finances and like kind of bookkeeping a little bit. I do it inside of QuickBooks, but I will do it like at a coffee shop. Like I will go take myself on like a little date (laughs) to make it like a little bit more exciting because otherwise the chances of me just like sitting (laughs) on the couch for funsies and like opening up QuickBooks isn't going to happen. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just like kind of changing the mindset around it, making it something that is fun and exciting or helping you like put away money or think smart so you can make that investment in the coach or in the like support that you need. And I just think like, especially if you're working with a bunch of contractors and you have a team, keeping an eye on those invoices (laughs) that are coming in and going out and like making sure that the work that they're delivering is like meeting up to all of that. I just think that's really smart Um, because that's something I've been burned by before. Like you see these invoices coming in and you're like, that's not the number that we agreed upon or like, oh, you, you know, you took the month off, but I still got charged all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, look at, look at the numbers and start, (laughs) I feel like we just need to start acting a little bit more like, you know, like male CEOs of these big companies, you know, like just kind of embody that energy. The
1: other thing that I always like to do that I think, you know, it's probably a little more like female energy, but like embrace like what your goals are and relate these financial decisions to that. So like for Mm. me, reframing things in the way that like my clients, relate and emotionally feel to them makes it so much more understandable so for example you know every time they intake a client i'm like you know what are your goals in the next three five ten years whatever if they came to me and they're like christy i really want to buy this million dollar house i need a down payment in you know three years whatever
0: mm-hmm.
1: i'm like okay cool let's take that lump sum let's divide it by three years let's see how much money we need to take home each month and then i will tell you here's what your business needs to make every time you talk to me i'm like, "Hey." you want this house? Like, this is what we're going to do. It's not like I need this money because I tell people like money has as much power as we give it. Like it is, it's a piece yes. of it. It's a number in your bank account, but when you assign something you care about to it, you can either give it too much power or you can give it the power to do exactly what you want. So, you know, so if you're good. saying, every single time I work a little bit harder, I'm this much closer to my house or I'm this much closer to getting to spend more time at home with, you know, my kids or my future family, or whatever that looks like, like reframing it in the way of your goals, because I'm so sick of this, like $10,000 months on, you know, on Instagram. It's like, so what? Like, it that doesn't mean anything, but if it means, you know, my dream home or more time with my family. Like that is a very different story. And hopefully that means more to you and really makes you like, okay, I'm going to focus.
0: Oh my gosh. I think that is such wonderful advice to just really, I don't know, make it mean a little bit more because sometimes it can't just feel like money in money out Mm -hmm. and like just the business operating And I love the future planning. Like I know in 10 years, I'm gonna wanna build a house and like buy some land. So how can I start working towards that now? I talk about that all the time, just like focusing on like building your dream life through your business. And I normally talk about it in the terms of like lifestyle, but that Mm -hmm. pairs with it exactly. Like you want that lifestyle in 10 years, like start setting those little like benchmarks for yourself to work towards it, especially if you're feeling like in particularly not motivated in a month (laughs) or something like, oh, well, we got the house or like my dream car. I need to be making this much. But it can
1: also be the other way. You know, like you said, lifestyle, like if I had a client come to me and they were like, I started this business because, you know, I was in corporate and I was working too much and I, you know, have a family I want to spend more time with and they say, I want to make this much money. I'm going to remind them, well, you said your goal was this to make more money, like you might have to work more hours, but like, let's bring it back to why you started this business. Like money is not always the answer. And that's why I always say, like, if it's not related to your goal, like stop like running on that hamster wheel to like make more money when that's not actually your goal.
0: Yes. Yes. (laughs) I feel like it is just a tsunami on Instagram of like, I, you know, like, 10k month 70k month seven million dollar month like all this stuff that you just it's so easy to get spiraled into and you're like oh well she's making 10k a month like i need to be making 10k a month but like does that actually serve you and like is that why you got into business does that serve your goals and all of those instagram posts make me so angry because it's like okay cool you had you know fifty thousand dollars in revenue what did you take home Like, Mm -hmm. how much did you spend? Did you spend $40,000 to make 50 and took home like two grand? how, like, what does this actually (laughs) look like? So I know, like, all of the listeners, you will probably see a post about that on Instagram today if you are in some certain industries. So just just disregard those. (laughs) Don't let those put pressure on you. Because I feel like it is, they're intentionally misleading. Mm -hmm. Like, you wouldn't be saying, I don't know. I could go on a tangent about those forever, but there's a reason people are like, I made this much money this month. And like, don't give any insight into anything else. Same with like ads and programs. Like drop shipping is so big right now. And they're like, I make $60,000 a month off of my store. And I'm like, but you, all you do is run ads to get people to your store. Like, what does that actually look like? So just gosh, everything with a grain of salt, absolutely everything. Um, but I love that and just kind of using your finances to work towards your goals. And I love how you kind of take that role as the the fire, the reminder. You're like, hey, this is what you want. Like, our, this is what you want. This is what you said you wanted. Like, this is that number that we need to be working towards yeah. to kind of be like, okay, yeah, because it's so easy to set these goals and these big dreams. And especially when they are that, like, I want to buy this million dollar house in five years. It's really easy to lose steam working towards that goal when it's that far out. I love that accountability that you're able to provide your clients and kind of having someone in your corner. It's like, hey, I'm rooting for you. I know these are your goals. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's so wonderful. Okay, so tell us, how do you balance it all? Like, how are you balancing being a successful entrepreneur while, you know, living the life that you want to live? What does that balance look like for you?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, like, I'm very anti-hustle culture, you know, I've shared my thoughts. Yes. <laughs> my that being said, there are times, days, weeks, months, whatever that looks like, where you will have to work hard. Yeah. And, you know, just bringing it back to, like, what you want. So, for me, I am getting ready to go into tax season. I've worked a really day-long week this week, but also, I know leading into tax season that's what happens you know maybe mm-hmm. the week of april 15th and march 15th that happens and so just going back to like i'm gonna say this all the time like planning ahead and figuring mm-hmm. out what's going on it's like not just with your finances, with your time too like this week i you know i told my family hey probably not gonna you know see me a lot or like you know going into tax season like that's not gonna happen so it's really just setting reasonable expectations for like what that needs to look like. Um, and I think the other thing is really just like making sure that I, everything I'm doing is like leading to where I want to be um, mm-hmm. and kind of coming back to that. But, you know, it's not always a perfect balance and it's not always Definitely. It's going to be like work life balance is, you know, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's overrated because that sounds wrong. Like I totally believe in it, but you know, there's going to be, weeks where that balance is, you know, work from home on my, yes. clients, and there's going to be weeks when that balance is serve my clients, you know, 50 hours this week. And that's just how it goes as you are building up, um, that business.
0: Oh, that is so important. The, the idea of work-life balance and having that, like the true, the, the, per- the perfect balance, like that doesn't exist. I love how you said <laughs> that. Like some weeks it can be like this and some weeks it'll like go the other way. And, being okay with that. I, so much of what you said just then was so good. I love how you were just like setting the expectations, kind of like the boundaries with the people around you. Like, hey, just so you know, so yeah. that way you don't have to feel bad about like turning down plans or not responding to text, but that way like people aren't getting upset with you either. You're like, hey, this is what's going on. Just, and it's it a finite amount of finish. time. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's so important. And I am also anti-hustle culture, given my past, but you're so right that there are times that we do have to hustle, we have to grind. And I feel like the anti-hustle culture movement is kind of killing hard work. Too far a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you have to find a balance with that too. Like you don't have to hustle all of the time, but there are going to be times when you have to hustle, especially as an entrepreneur and you're having to like make things work for you and creating a business out of thin air. I feel like the new era of entrepreneurs, that's just kind of getting started. is like, Oh, like, I just want to, I just want it to be chill. And it's like, no, that beginning of your business is when you have to like pour everything into it get that foundation set. And then you can kind of start like pulling back, but you can be anti-hustle culture. And (laughs) yeah, and you still have to put in the hustle. I think that is a very important reminder for a lot of women to hear right now. So kind of tailing off of that, what is one piece of advice that you have that you'd like to share that maybe you've gained during your career that you think would impact someone else so maybe they could avoid that same misstep or that learn the lesson from you instead of having to make the mistake yeah I would say the most important thing is to surround yourself with people who like
1: understand what you're going through I mean my whole career like I've had co-workers who were some of my best friends and like I still love them and I still hang out with them but like they don't understand and like like, literally in tears. And the next day I'm like, I just signed three new clients. Like nobody (laughs) else will understand. Um, I love them. And like, that's great. But like this journey that you've chosen is something that not a lot of people understand Um, and finding people who can relate to that. And I would even say like, find multiple people. So like I found people, you know, way far beyond the path who, you know, I could look up to. But then I was only surrounding myself with them and I felt really far behind. I felt like they were the kind of people who had, who had hustled and who now had the luxury to relax a little more. And I was like, wait, this isn't fair. Like why am I hustling? And they're not, it's because they're years ahead of me. So like, yeah, there's great people to have, but like have people, all along that journey, have people who are 10 years ahead of you, have people who are, you know, just at the same point as you, and then have people who, you know, you're also bringing up with you, like, as you continue to grow, like, find people everywhere along the path. So you're not constantly comparing yourself, you know, to people who you're, you're just not
0: like. Oh, that was great. That was such an amazing way (laughs) to kind of round out the show. That is wonderful advice. I think having like biz besties are so important because you're so right. Like people just don't understand it and having someone that you can rely on to be able to just like, even just like talk things out with, ask questions, vent about, or someone who just like, will get it when you're like, Hey, no, like I can't this week, but next week, like we can, or like you call them crying because some shit went down. And then the next day you're like, oh, I love my job. I love my life. Like it's amazing. Hey, like regularly. <laughs> Same. (laughs) Uh, So good. So, Christy, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of the Female CEO Show. As promised, it's giveaway time. Um, Christy is giving away one of her business blueprint sessions. So what you're going to be able to do is evaluate what that next year will look for you look like for you Uh, analyze your key financial metrics you know what to anticipate for taxes and how to plan and like we mentioned how this all relates to your personal life like What goals you have for your life, what you want to be able to take home from your business to live the life you want to live. Pretty much anything that we talked about today is fair game to dive into more with Christy. So what you're gonna do, you're going to comment on today's post on the female CEO show Instagram um, with this episode clip and make sure that you are following Christy on Instagram as well and you will be entered into win a free blueprint session so with that Christy let us know where people can find you how they can connect with you how they can work with you all the things
1: yeah so I'm on pretty much every social platform you know Instagram TikTok Uh, I exist on Twitter but I'm I'm not there um (laughs) (laughs) but it's at it's Christy Bowie um, so that's my handle on everything. Um, you can also find my website, ChrissyBuy.com. All my socials will link there. Um, and then also my podcast, the CEO wing Woman, um, on all platforms. So yeah, you can find me any of those ways. You know, I'm always open to an Instagram DM
0: conversation, anything. Hit me up. Amazing. We'll have all of that linked in the show notes for you guys as well. So you can scroll on down and connect with Chrissy that way don't forget to enter the giveaway because that sounds like some really incredible, awesome value that you will be able to get from a CPA for free. So don't miss out on that. Uh, and with that, thank you so much for listening in on today's episode of the female CEO show. Don't forget if you want some free merch and a little bit of happy mail from the female CEO show, please rate and review the show screenshot your review and email it to hello at female show along with your mailing address. And I will, personally send you a little something as a token of my appreciation for your support and we will catch you on the next episode.